Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Like Steph Curry with the rock when I take my shot. Told y'all niggas I don't need no help. Made to the top, just been myself. Health is wealth looking, I just power. I've been up for days, I'm kicked off the powder. She say she need me, uh. Told her meet me in an hour, uh. She showed up in a towel, uh. Little baby fresh out the shower, uh. Screaming fuck y'all like a diss song, nigga. Young Zell tell them what we on, nigga. Work so hard, what's sleep, little nigga. Been in the booth for weeks, gotta get it. You ain't put in it. Welcome to Royal Rebounds TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. For laid back conversations about the Kings, subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer, talking about the Kings. Be sure you subscribe so you can hear that bell ring. Yeah. What's up, Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Kings unfortunately lose tonight to the Memphis. I almost said uh, <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. Memphisota Grizzly Wolves. To That's the what we were Minnesota it last year. To the Minnesota the Timberwolves. 138-134. The streak is over. The five-game win streak is over. The Deer and Fox 30-plus point streak is over. The Kings look a little tired tonight, but that's okay. Uh, we got another game on Monday to bounce back. And, hey, we're here to talk about it. We're here for post-game. So welcome in, everybody. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, uh, a Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash up that like button. Hit that subscribe button. We are here live on YouTube after every single Kings game. We are also live on Twitter Spaces, and you can uh, listen to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Calvin, I'm rocking the hoodie tonight. Hoodie Barry is in the house. In the house. Love this camo Royal Rebounds hoodie. You can pick one up at royalrebounds.com. We also got a bunch of other fun merchandise there you can pick up. Calvin, welcome in. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Unhappy Saturday because the Kings lost, but... You can't win every game by one point. Very true. Very true. This was a rough game for the Sacramento Kings. They did get down early in this game, and they were down by as much as 17 points in the third quarter and went on a couple uh, amazing runs. They just couldn't quite get over that hump and tie the game, get up by one, anything like that, and it came right down to the wire. Happy to see that there was some fight in this Kings team, and they didn't give up when they were down 17 points. Uh, so we'll talk about all that tonight. But, hey, I want to give a shout-out to all my friends here in the chat. Cheryl, Mom, I love you. Good to see you in here. The bouncer is here. Sass is here. Uh, we got to give a shout-out to one of our members here on the channel. Charles is in the house. Charles was our very first membership here on Royal Rebound, so shout-out to Charles. Also, Pika House is here. Uh, Jesus is here. Deer and Fox Collector is here. Angel. Uh, who else is here? Alfie Man. Uh, Big Bird is here. Jim is here. Good to see you all, and uh, everybody else, Makami, everybody else that I didn't mention, welcome into the show tonight. Logan is here, Matthew is here, Jay is here. Uh, Jay, 
there should be a link down below in the description of this video that says join the royal family. You can just click on that link and sign up for the membership. There are, we are family, uh, but there's two different options. Uh, there's $1.99 per month, uh, the royal family membership, and then there's a $9.99 per month as a VIP membership uh, and unlocks multiple different perks. Uh, the, the VIP membership has access to a group chat, a discount on the team store or, or our team store, uh, and a bunch of cool stuff like that. And then the basic membership, you know, you, you get a badge, your name's in a different color, like Charles, uh, and uh, you get some special emojis, there. some gifts, and some cool stuff like that. Yeah, Charles is right on cue here tonight. Art, no beam tonight, unfortunately, but that is okay. We're You're here just to conserving power. Yeah. The playoff beam. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just going to say it right now. Lane is bad luck for the Sacramento Kings. He was uh, <laughs> in the house tonight, and the Kings Oh, lose. come on, man. Don't throw Lane under the bus like well, that. Well, i got to talk smack before he gets here because <laughs> I know he's not watching yet. Uh, but, Calvin, uh, give me your first thoughts on the game tonight, and don't say no defense. Well, I, I mean, 138 points allowed is a lot. Some might say disgusting. I didn't hear many people saying it was disgusting when they allowed 175 in double overtime because <laughs> they won. But I understand what people are saying. Um, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Minnesota. I, I thought that they came out and really imposed their will on this game right from the beginning. Uh, they were very physical. I thought they did a great job on Fox having the combination of Edwards and McDaniels guard him. A lot of length. They were really physical with him, like I said. Uh, this Kings team does look a little tired. They had a, a pretty crazy week. A lot of very tightly contested games. They've had a lot of those this season. I don't know how much the wrist is bothering Fox. I saw him holding it a bunch in this game. Um, he looked tired tonight. He, well, yeah, he looked tired overall, and he was short on a lot of his shots, whether that's legs uh, and the wrist or you know whatever the case may be. Um, I still think you have to give a lot of credit to Minnesota. They had a good game plan coming in here. They were very aggressive early. They got out in open space and ran. That's something that they do have done well all season long. Yep. And their entire team was red hot from three tonight. So that's usually a bad combination for the Kings in general. You get yourself in a hole, and even when it, it looks like there's no chance in hell, somehow the Kings still make multiple runs late in this game and actually – have a chance to win there at the end. They just, unlike we've come very accustomed to in the past week, they didn't make all the plays that they needed to, didn't get the timely turnover yeah. at the end, didn't hit the free throws, uh, didn't hit the three-point shots. So We've gotten a little spoiled here, Calvin. Yeah. We just expect a miracle to happen at the end of every single game and everything to go right. But, hey, I want to give a shout-out to Dennis. Dennis is watching in tonight. Dennis is... My king's buddy, dude. I used to go back to Sacramento every single year, and Dennis and I would go to a game every single year, uh, a long streak. I think we did it for like seven or eight years. So shout out to Dennis. Thank you for watching, Dennis, and I love you as always. Uh, but, hey, um, I mean, we can give some credit to the to the Timberwolves tonight, Calvin. Um, I mean, they do have the worst team name in NBA history, uh, but they played incredibly well tonight. Uh, everybody on that roster tonight made a three except for Rudy Gobert. And they shot the three incredibly well, especially from the they corner. Did. It seemed like every moment in this game where the Kings were got a little bit of momentum, boom, three from the corner by the Wolves over and over and over again. It really was quite unfortunate. Uh, but, hey, uh, there were some positives we can take from the game tonight from the Kings' perspective. You know, Kevin Herter, I think, is officially back. He splashed six threes tonight for him. Uh, and like I said, the Kings didn't give up in this game. They still had some fight in them. So it was definitely a fun game to watch. Not the outcome we were wishing for. But, guys, 
the roof is not falling. The sky is not falling. Everything will be okay in Sacramento. Uh, and I mean, it's not like we're the Memphis Grizzlies or anything like that. And we'll, dude, so much drama going on in Memphis. We'll definitely talk about that tonight on the show. Uh, but Calvin, you want to break down kind of like the last couple minutes, last couple plays of this game before I get into the box score, because there was a lot of things going on there. Yeah, there was a lot going on there. Um, I, I know people are upset with the three that Harrison Barnes took. I'm not as upset with it as I think the average person is. Um, you know, being that they were down four in that situation, he was open. Uh, it was a little bit of a broken play. You oftentimes see, uh, you know, threes get made off of those plays. I, I know that in a perfect world, you would have liked to have gotten given Kevin Herter a chance to get the ball there at the end. Uh, that's definitely, I think, the thing that kind of, or the theme here of the last few possessions. He was open. He was open. Harrison Barnes was open too, and you know he made a few threes in this game as well. So, uh, I, I just the the thing that bothered me the most was Fox's shot selection down the stretch. If you're that tired, you've got long, good defenders on you. Two step backs in a row is not the shot that you wanted there with no movement, nothing else going on, no screen, no nothing. That's what kind of puzzled me the most. The foul at the end of the of the game there where Fox takes the foul there after they full court press and trap, I think Brown was calling for that foul. So yep. at that point in the game, I think I saw some Sass probably had the quote, from Mike Brown, they didn't really feel confident that they were going to get a stop at that point. Why would you? I mean, Minnesota just gashed them as much as they possibly could throughout the entire game. So Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. And, uh, I mean, I, I was not happy with either of those step backs by Deer and Fox. I thought he got bailed out on that foul call. I mean, obviously it was a foul on Anthony Edwards, like straight up. The wrist is not part of the ball. Uh, so that was obviously a foul. But I thought that it was a little bit of a bailout because I thought it was a bad shot. Yeah. I, I don't like deep three or deep twos. And of course he was trying to go for a three in that yep. uh, situation, but dear and give it to the hot man, give it to Kevin Herter. His hair was on fire. He's making everything. Or, or at least get some movement there. I mean, yeah. like I don't understand why there wasn't a screen at the tops for Fox to maybe get downhill, try to get inside for an easier shot, a chance at a three point play, or at the worst case, a kick out to somebody like Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes for an open three. Uh, the, Four guys standing there while Fox does his, his thing and, and step backs. I'm not really in agreement with that move, even though De'Aaron Fox has been so good in the fourth quarter all season long. Yep. He didn't really look like he, he had it there at the end there. Like you said, he looked tired, didn't have very much legs. Um, and I agree with Sass. In that moment where Fox takes the foul there, I, I would have played that possession out, I think. Yep. I mean, at least at the very least, you you force instead of forcing a great free throw shooter to go to the line to put you up four, yep. with fifteen seconds left, you have a chance that there's a missed shot and you get a chance there at the end. So. I mean, yeah, there was what was it nine second difference? Uh, no, I think it was about eight. Eight second uh, difference eight, between the game and the eight, shot clock. Eight yeah. point something. But. I I absolutely loved what they did before that foul. The the yeah. multiple traps 
Um, you know, nobody was open. The Kings just kept scrambling and, and just running after whoever had the ball, making it difficult. I mean, we've seen this time and time again at the end of games, and the Kings have done it successfully multiple, multiple times. I thought, like I said, maybe I'm getting a little greedy here. Uh, you know, I thought that maybe it could happen again. I, I loved everything up until that foul, which I was like, what? why are you fouling? You're just going to play the foul game at this point and then take a bad shot after that. So not happy about that. But, hey, it happens. It happens. Oh, Ninja says it was four seconds. Still not bad. Oh, yeah, that's Still right. not bad. 20, With a timeout left, yeah. not bad at all. Not a, not a lot of time at all. But uh, still, I mean, if you're – I like going for the trap and the steal. But then if Mike Conley's the guy that ends up with the ball there, yep. it's almost like it's not a guaranteed two points. But I, I just – I would have – played a little longer in that position. I think he's 86% yeah. or something like that from the free throw line. So not good odds, especially when you go down four with 11 seconds left and you have to burn your last time out to advance the ball. So, uh, you know, best case scenario, if he makes both of those best case is you make a three, then you foul again. And then you have what four or five seconds and no timeout left. So yeah. really, really a tough situation, but let's go over the box score tonight. Uh, Domas Sabonis, 33 minutes of action, 24 points, 14 rebounds, five assists. He did, pick up five personal fouls in this game i thought he was going to foul out towards the end there but they gave the foul to kevin herter uh thank you referees i guess finally help us out one time this season uh harrison barnes 37 minutes of action seven of 13 from the field three of five from three point range 20 points for him four rebounds and an assist keegan murray very very rough Rough game for Keegan Murray. Probably the roughest game of the season for him. 20 minutes of action, 0 of 2 from the field. Uh, both of those were three-point attempts. Zero points, three rebounds, and two assists for him tonight. Definitely want to talk about Keegan. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, 37 minutes of action. This guy keeps logging a ton of minutes, Calvin. A ton of minutes. 10 of 22 from the field, uh, 0 of 2 from three-point range. Uh, 25 points for him, two rebounds, seven assists, and he ends that eight-game streak of 30-plus points. Uh, Kevin Herter, 33 minutes of action. Great game for Kevin Herter tonight. 11 of 15 from the field, 6 of 9 from three-point range, 29 points and two assists. As far as the bench goes tonight, 15 points, eight rebounds for Trey Lyles, six points for Chemezi, three Three points for Kessler Edwards. This is a big three towards the end of this game. Well, a big he three. played Very 14 big three. minutes of action. A little Edwards on Edwards action tonight. Uh, he did a great job on the defensive end of the ball. Definitely want to talk about him tonight. Uh, Alex Len did not play tonight or, or just a kind of a fraction of a minute tonight. So didn't have much of an impact on this game. Two points for Davion Mitchell. Two points for Terrence Davis. Only eight points for Malik Monk, but five assists for him tonight. Uh, and then two minutes for P.J. Dozier. Uh, missed both of those shots. Zero points, one rebound. Calvin, what stands out here? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say there's anything in the box score that stands out. Like, Trey Lyles, again, had a great game. You know, Fox still ends up with 25 points even after a pretty slow start. Kevin Herter probably is the thing that stands out the most. Six threes, 29 points. Just missed his career high. They, they didn't get a ton of help offensively off the bench other than Trey Lyles. But, yeah, Her, Herter finding his stroke from, from outside yep. is probably what jumps out if you look at the box score. Uh, unless you're looking at Minnesota's box score. 
Yeah, don't want to look there, Calvin. <laughs> All five starters in double figures. I mentioned every single Wolf tonight made a three, except for Rudy Gobert, who obviously did not attempt one. Um, but, hey, looking here at the team stats, you know, it's crazy. I, I thought Minnesota shot the three ball well, 51.3% from three. The Kings shot at almost 52% from three-point range. Uh, but they did get down early in this game. And, dude, it takes a lot of energy battling back, especially from down 17 in the third quarter. Uh, Kings shot 55% from the field as opposed to 60% for the Timberwolves tonight. 73%, 73.3 tonight from the free throw line for the Kings. They missed eight free throws tonight 22 of 30 uh they did get out rebounded but only by one uh by the timberwolves tonight 28 uh defensive rebounds for the kings tonight 11 offensive rebounds they almost doubled up the timberwolves in offensive rebounds however uh late in that fourth quarter we saw three straight buckets for the timberwolves off of offensive rebounds uh definitely a king's killer and and has been a king's killer for a while shout out to alfie man shout out to callum Dennis is here in the chat. Good to see you guys. Uh, and then assists tonight. Only 25 assists for the Sacramento Kings tonight. Charlie is here as well. Uh, we've seen the past couple games, not a lot of assists for the Sacramento Kings. A lot of one-on-one iso ball uh, for them. Uh, only five steals tonight for the Kings. A block. And only six total turnovers for the Kings tonight, as opposed to 12 for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Kings' largest lead tonight, two. Uh, Minnesota, 17, like I said, in the third quarter. Give me your thoughts on the team stats. Well, Minnesota three-point shooting, obviously, right, uh, is, is a big one. You mentioned those three straight uh, offensive putbacks. Even when the Kings were able, they weren't able to get many stops in this game. But then finally when they do come up with some big stops, a, a loose ball or a bad bounce ends up in Minnesota's hands or a putback dunk. Uh, not to mention, you know, Minnesota missed, what was it, two dunks in this game? Yeah. Jaden McDaniels may be one of the easiest dunk attempts missed that you'll see. I thought they called the a kickball on that. They called basket interference. Yeah, because he, yeah. like, missed the dunk, but he's holding on to the rim, and then he I thought he kicked the ball, but he hit it with his knee. And I'm well, like, that's yeah, wild. kicked it, hit it with yeah. his knee. I'm like, wow, Basically dude. the same thing. I've never seen a kick the ball on a dunk attempt before. Yeah, that's wild. no, I mean – that, that was a, a very strange play, unusual play. And then Gobert missed the dunk as well late, yeah. late in the game. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it, it's really easy to, to criticize, you know, what the Kings did wrong in this game because they did a lot of things wrong, yet they still had a chance to win. Yep. I, I, I find it amazing that you say that so many times about, Kings, about the Kings basketball team this season. Like, they really do fight until the very end, and they are always – almost always in it even if they're playing pretty poorly yeah i'm trying to find what you said here in the group chat uh kings really are a team of destiny if they win this game (laughs) yeah yeah because it it, i mean there was a moment there where and, and i think it was something you posted maybe a couple games ago where you're like it's wild thinking that going into every single game the kings actually have a chance to win and, you know, it, it sounds kind of weird now, uh, but, I, I mean, that was our reality for the past 15, 16 years is it's like, oh, you see who's up next on the schedule, and you're like, that's an L. That's an L. That's an L. Maybe you see a game, and you're like, okay, Kings have a good shot here. Of course they have a chance to win every game, 
But, you know, now we're going into games feeling like we have a really good chance. Like, we are going to win this game. I, yeah, I heard You people, expect to win. I heard people saying, light Almost the beam before night. this game even started. You know, maybe that was our problem tonight. Maybe we jinxed ourselves. Yeah. Maybe we got a little bit ahead of ourselves. Uh, but, hey, things happen when you're on a five-game winning streak and, and playing playing like the Kings have been playing. So, definitely not mad about the outcome or about the game tonight. You know, disappointed with the outcome. Uh, but, hey, we, we got, what, 19 more games here to finish up the season. I love where the, where the Kings are at here, the third seed in the Western Conference. Uh, we'll talk about the second seed uh, here in a little bit. But uh, let's let's jump into some of these players, Calvin. Um, I mean, first off, I think what everybody's wondering, what's going on with Keegan? I mean, this isn't the first time that Keegan has struggled against a team that's long and athletic and aggressive defensively, right? I mean, he's a guy that up until recently hasn't been – the type of player that's going to seek out shots or, or uh, you know, be aggressive or um, I, I don't want to say selfish because it's not that, but yeah. a, a guy that will f- won't force shots, right? He, he definitely lets the game come to him. And I think that at times when teams are playing super aggressive on the perimeter like that, clearly trying to take away what he does well, uh, he tends to kind of fade in into the back and in, into the 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 abyss so to speak so and in those games Mike Brown has definitely looked to the bench he's been very quick to go with somebody else I mean you saw it in the second half here he was desperate for somebody to give them a spark so he went with PJ Dozier and Kessler Edwards both guys that are better known for their defense um, but really haven't played much with this team so I mean, we saw in that last game against uh, the Clippers where Keegan was benched late in that game as well, right? And we were a little surprised he didn't finish out that game. They opted to go with Malik Monk instead, even when Malik was not shooting exceptionally well in that game, but they wanted somebody who's a little bit better ball handler. Uh, and then tonight it was the defense because Anthony Edwards was absolutely lighting it up. Shout out to Callum here. Callum's a new member to the channel. Welcome to the Royal family, Callum. Good to see you. Green looks good on you. Green looks really, really good on you. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Keegan, it's funny, just two games ago we're, we're raving about Keegan Murray, right? Yeah. Keegan is playing exceptionally, exceptionally well. He's getting better in every single category. He's doing things that we haven't seen yet. He's, he's handling the ball a little bit better. He's bringing it up the court. He's hitting twos. Uh, and then, of course, he's been on fire from that corner three spot. Um, but, hey, people forget he is a rookie, right? I even get ahead of myself sometimes, and I'm like, this dude's not playing like a rookie. He doesn't look like a rookie anymore. But yeah, at the same I, time, it's a long season. He's a young absolutely. player. This is more games than he's played in college. You know, and, and it's there's, there's no reason to get down on him. Uh, he's, had, he's also being asked to guard you know, the other team's best player on most nights now. He's been on Paul George a bunch I in see the last in the week. Chat. He's been on – oh, yeah, thanks, Callum. What's up? That's cool. <laughs> uh, he's been on Paul George a lot uh, in the last week in two games. He was on Anthony Edwards for a b- good portion of the game when he was playing tonight. So, you know, that those are tough, tough stretches to go through as a rookie. Um, and I also, when another player on this team gets hot, like Kevin did today, Keegan, you know, generally will get less, less touches, less shot attempts. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I'm just going to say what I've been saying about Kevin Herter over the past couple weeks, right? Is it's 
players go through slumps. Shooters, shooters shoot. You got to keep shooting to get out of slumps. I don't even I'm think not, you can call this a slump. You yeah. only took two shots. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, in, in the overall context, right, don't get too low on a player. They're there for a reason. They've been playing exceptionally well. Just because you have a bad game or two doesn't mean that they've fallen off the cliff. No, or definitely We not. need to bench them and start definitely somebody not. else or anything like that. I just, you know, don't get ahead of ourselves. Everything is going to be just, just fine uh, with Keegan Murray. Um, so I, I expect him to have a bounce back game. All right. Uh, who do you want to talk about next? Because all the other starters, man, 20, 20 plus points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, scoring is not this team's problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's they, true. They put up 134 as a team tonight. Okay. You want to talk about defense? Let's talk about Kevin Herter. Okay. Well, if you we want to talk about defense, you can talk about anybody, really. Yeah. Uh, up until probably the eight-minute mark of the fourth quarter, uh, that's really when this team puts in the effort defensively. They finally got some turnovers, some stops. Fox had a couple possessions in a row where he really, really worked hard to move his feet, uh, jumped in front of Anthony Edwards a couple of times, forced him to go behind the back, results in a turnover. Yep. Those are great plays to watch. They just don't have many of those over the course of a game. We got another new member. Shout out. Jesus. The family is growing by the minute. Yeah, yeah, we're just multiplying. Green looks good on you, Jesus. I like it. I like it. Praise Jeebus. He should change it to Jeebus. Like the Simpsons episode. Great, great. Uh, But, yeah, no, back to defense. So, uh, yeah, like you said, like defense is not the problem with this basketball. Offense. Offense is not the problem with this basketball team. It's defense. Uh, And, you know, we we talked about – the um the plus minus the defensive numbers by quarter the kings have been exceptionally better in the fourth quarter in defense uh and and i would say they played better defense in, in the fourth quarter of this game i believe the second quarter they gave up like 38 hard not points, to play better defense right? than the way this game started yeah they gave up like 38 points, 38 yeah and uh, scored in the 38 quarter. in the third i think so so definitely definitely tough um yeah i was impressed by kessler edwards as well and i'm sure a lot of people were a lot of people were like who is this Edwards guy, right? We were getting texts, never seen Edwards. I don't know what he is. What does he do? Where is he from? All this. Guys, he was the big uh, acquisition at the trade <laughs> deadline that everyone was yeah. like, we didn't make a move. Hey, we made a move. We brought in yeah. Kessler Edwards. Maybe Monty struck gold again. From the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, we will definitely see. We, we saw him hit a three in this game. Uh, has been playing uh, good defense. Three and D guys is exactly what Monty's been going after the past couple seasons. I like Kessler Edwards a lot. Hopefully he can do it again and again and again. All right. Uh, but, hey, we got to give a shout-out to Kevin Herter. Offensively, Kevin's back. And, I mean, when you have a shooting guard like Kevin Herter, who's not the best defenser, d- defender, defenser, defender, uh, what, what was the phrase you used in the last one? He's, uh, he's physically oh, challenged. Yeah. He's, he's physically challenged. So with physically guy, handicapped, I think phys- is yeah, what yeah. I said. So when you have a guy like that on your team, I mean, honestly, y- you need him to try his best, do whatever he can to be, uh, you know, part of the team defense, but honestly you need him to shoot well and score the basketball. <laughs> That's the only way to make up for bad defense for a single player is to score. And that's exactly what he did tonight. So shout out to Kevin Herter. I think he's officially back. I mean, what did you see differently out of Kevin Herter tonight? Well, I think he his stroke just looks much more much cleaner, much more compact, and and 
much more confident. I mean, he's coming off of the screen. You can see it as soon as he gets the ball. He's put going to put himself in position to get the shot up. You know, just like we mentioned Fox's wrist injury, Herter has had some issue with his hand or wrist as well. Really hard to tell how much that bothered him tonight. So, or not tonight, but bothered him in the past. It, it doesn't look like it's bothering him much anymore. He, he definitely seems like, you know, the shot is just, it feels much better coming off of his hands. Step backs, uh, off the dribble, he's off the, smooth. he's looking very smooth. Yes. So it, it was great to see for sure. I feel like when he shoots the basketball, I either know if it's going in or not going in like right away. He, he does have a very, um, his shot motion is just really compact. Like it, it as soon as the ball comes up, it, it's yeah. out of his hand. It's a very quick release for somebody that's got long arms like that. You know, Keegan Murray, his shot is really, really nice. But it, it is this like long extended uh, range, you know, yep. when, when he when it comes out of his hand. Herder, it's like a bang firebolt that comes bang. out of there, like lightning. Bang! I love Kevin Herder when he's making shots, man. It looks so good, and and it's exciting. He kind of rolls right around the screen and just boom, pops it right in there. Shout out to Jose for joining in. Uh, Jose, um, if you want to join. Become a member. All you got to do is just scroll down to the description of the video. Uh, it says join the Royal Family. There's a little link. Just click on that and sign up. You can be a, a membership and, and have a cool green name like these guys. There's also a lot of perks as well. And uh, having a basketball next to your name, uh, just so you guys know, the longer you are a member, uh, that changes and it evolves uh, to different things as well and maybe evolves into a Royal Rebounds logo eventually. So uh, keep your eyes on that. Okay, Kevin. Look. Kevin. <laughs> Calvin. I want to call you Kevin. Uh, not the first time I've been called Kevin. Uh, let's talk about HB. Because I know a lot of people were hating on that shot attempt late in the game from three for him. Um, but HB, I thought he's been playing really, really well. Defensively, offensively. Uh, I mean, we talk about him multiple times after every game. Uh, what do you? Where are you at on HB? I'm still the same place on HB. He's been really solid for this team. I I do not hate that shot at the end as much as most people do, judging by what people have been typing here in the chat. Uh, I mean, he ball faked. He was had an open look. Um, and like I said, off of a broken play, a lot of times that's the best. Re- offensive rebound or a broken play, yep. those are the best times to take a three-point shot. I mean, if he had made that and the Kings go on to win, we'd be saying he was the hero of the game. So I'm I'm okay with it, especially because he was hitting early in this game. So He definitely was. Shout out to Jose for joining the Royal Family. Jose, green looks good on you. Uh, we got those new emojis up. We saw the Calvin emoji earlier. There's also a Barry emoji. Uh, I think when uh, you and I um go back and forth and we disagree we play devil's advocate we go back and forth it'd be really cool to have them uh say who they side with by posting that emoji of either you or i i think that would be absolutely really really cool another cool way to to keep everybody involved here uh jose is officially part of the ohana yeah oh there's barry Barry wins i guess there's me thanks callum appreciate (laughs) you appreciate you um but yeah i mean harrison barnes I feel like a broken record talking about HB because 
I mean, the dude is so consistent. All I can say is the same things every single time, right? Is, is he does the little things that don't always show up on the stat sheet. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. He's got a ring, right? Like, like there's only so much I can say about HB because the guy really is so consistent. The shot's not always falling for him, but the energy, the effort's always there. The mentality is there. The leadership ability is always there. So, uh, you know, shout out to Harrison Barnes. Like I said in the last stream, I really, really hope the Kings can find a way to re-sign him here in free agency. And I do think that he will stay with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, but guys, I guess what I'm really trying to say here is, you know, we're breaking down players. Yes, the Kings lost tonight. Uh, I think Central Valley is going to be the next uh, member. Oh, would, that's would your, be, your bet? Would be my opinion. Um, but what I'm, well, what I'm trying to say here is just, you know, there's nothing to worry about. This was a loss. We just won five games in a row. Well, you know, like there, there's film you can look at. There's things you can work on, but it's one game. You lose, you move on. Yes. Yes, you definitely, I mean, you're not going to win every game. Uh, even though yeah. we talked about winning 60 games, which is more than last night, which yeah. is more than still the, the available games left. No, they, it's not possible. What they can't mean? win 60 games. Why not? Or if you count playoff games, yeah. yes, they We're can. We're going to the playoffs. But they don't put those on the regular season <laughs> record, so you won't see 60. But my point is you're not going to win every game. The fact that they were even in this game at the end, again, I think speaks to the the mental fortitude and and just the overall attitude of this team they they know that they're never out of it that sort of thing they're always going to play really hard till the end but i do disagree a little bit with there's nothing to worry about okay here we go here we go it's no longer can we end the drought and make the playoffs right at this point it's much expected that the what Kings have you will done for me lately I, yes that's true okay but i'm saying we wow. all we're, wow. we're now pr- fully prepared to see playoff basketball right okay there is something to worry about with the king's defense when it comes to playoff basketball Uh-oh. I, I mean they they could easily if they play like this defensively they could easily get swept i don't care who they play in the first round that's something to worry about. You're really going to use the S word? I am going to use the S word. Uh, I don't like that at all, Calvin. Look, it's something that you have to acknowledge. This team is not good defensively. Well, you just not ruined good. my mood. I, I don't think – I agree with Sass. It's not a lack of effort. They don't have the, the right pieces in place to play, to play good defense. What it takes yeah. to play good defense in a seven-game series – I mean, you know, if they go up, I don't care who they go up against. There's going to be a great offensive duo or a great offensive team on the other side. Yeah. And the game changes a lot when you get into the playoffs. Now, I, I, I admit they don't have the playoff experience. There's that sort of notion of you got to take your lumps and learn how to win and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm not worried about this team progressing long term, but – the fact that they suck on defense is definitely worrisome when you think about what it's going to look like when they get into the playoffs. You know what's funny, Calvin, is, is I, I was just kind of messing around last year on the stream, and, and you'd always ask me, you know, what's your key to the game? And I said, score more points than the yeah. other team. Yeah. Now that's really the key to every single game for the Kings, is you got to <laughs> yeah, score you're, more you're points not wrong. than the other team because <laughs> the defensive numbers are, are just simply not there. Um, but you know, 
we've seen quite a few uh, quotes come out of Coach Brown here over the past couple weeks. One of them was, I'm not here to just make the playoffs. I want to win the whole thing. I want to go deep. This team has a lot of potential, stuff like that. Okay, Coach Calvin, get out your clipboard right now. How can this Kings team become a better defensive team? And you got 19 games to do it. Well, it's not that simple. I don't know if it happens in 19 games. Remember what it, we I said multiple times coming out of the All-Star break. At this point in the season, you are who you are as a team. It, they're not going to make some dramatic... The fact that they're a top 10 defense in the fourth quarter, yep. both in scoring and in net differential, that's great. But you don't win a playoff series by only playing defense in one quarter. So what you're saying is they need a hypnotist to convince the players that every quarter is the fourth quarter? Maybe. Yeah? Perhaps. I mean, it definitely feels like every quarter is the fourth quarter in the playoffs, so maybe that'll help. Um, I mean, they've got got off to a lot of slow starts. They've allowed a lot of points. They have gotten off to some slow starts. They're just... They're they're not built to, to play great team defense right now. They have too many individual guys that are terrible on-ball defenders or perimeter defenders, which allows for guys to just get blow by them for layups, uh, getting into the paint at will, kickouts to easy corner threes. Um, it, you know, it, it takes a village <laughs> to be able to shut teams down on the perimeter. You, you have to be so in tune. The Miami Heat are a great example from not yeah. this season, but from the past few years when they made their runs deep in the playoffs when they were number one seed in the Eastern Conference. They played a small lineup. They had a phenomenal anchor at the back in Bam Adebayo. They had really great on-ball defenders. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, yes, they still lost. But they also played with guys who are horrible individual defenders, like Duncan Robinson, for example. He played a lot of minutes for them in that playoff run. But he was still good at being able to be in the right spot and rotate, and he learned how to play good team defense. That's the difference between, you know, where a team like Miami was at that point and where uh, the Kings are at this point. You know what you sound like right now? I I just want to point out here, I don't actually believe that the Kings are going to get swept in the first round. I know everybody is going to jump on me for that. Jump on him. That's fine. I'm not saying that they will be swept. All I'm saying is... The fact that the Kings play defense the way they do is a problem for them in the playoffs. Calvin's mad that he's going to have to cut his hair off. That, that's simply what it is. You know what you sound like right now? <laughs> playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Yeah, playoffs. I, I have confidence that they will win more than one game in the playoffs. I'm just giving you a hard time, Calvin. No, I, I the, do agree with you. It, it's a major problem. The for fact them, that they gave up 175 points in a game, the fact that they've gave, given up multiple games of 130-plus points is tough to win playoff games like that because we like to say, oh, hey, that last game felt like playoff basketball or, or the intensity but in reality, it's not. This Kings team has never played in playoff basketball as far as it's currently constructed. And things really do get a lot harder. Shots are a lot harder to get. Shots are a lot harder to make. And if this Kings team goes on droughts where they can't make buckets, they're going to get absolutely worked in playoff games. 
And defense is what can help keep your team in the basketball game when you're not making shots. And if this Kings team cannot play defense, they're really going to struggle if they can't make shots. Now, that's not saying that they can have two, three games in a series where they shoot lights out and they they win, but it's hard to do that in a seven-game series or it four is. games in a row. So I, I definitely feel you on, on, on what you're saying. And once you get into a seven-game series, even if you're the best offensive team in the NBA, yeah, it's all about adjustments, right? And it, it gets a lot harder once you get into the third or the fourth game or, or when you have to go on the road for your offense to continue to operate at that clip when a team gets to scout, not scout, but, well, I mean, they, they do scout, but when a, a team gets to make adjustments, make adjustments game game, and yeah. play in over and over and over and over again. Yep. Hey, you can call me negative, but it, it's the truth, man. It, it's yep. the absolute truth. Yeah, one thing we don't want to be here is an echo chamber of toxic positivity, right? We want to have opinions that are varying opinions that are different we want to be realistic yes of course i get on my emotional kick sometimes where i predict the kings are never going to lose a basketball game ever again and they're going to win the, the next five championships which could happen um you know but I, I think it is important to realistically look at a lot of these situations because if the team is not looking at it that way if the coaching staff is not looking at it that way you're never going to improve and get better um, so I, I think that definitely is is really, really important. Uh, but Calvin, um, I'm still upset with you. Um, but hey, let's talk about Sabonis because I, I see a lot of people here in the chat, some of them agreeing with you, some of them saying the problem is Sabonis uh, in, in the small ball lineup uh, makes it hard for the Kings to play good defense. Um, and sorry, real quick, I just had another thought pop in, up in my head. I want to finish up a couple things here, and then we'll get to Nick and Bryce. They're waiting uh, on Twitter spaces. Uh, but it's games like this. It's games like against the Clippers, although we won that game, that teams are going to be watching footage in the playoffs when they're making adjustments, when the Kings score 140 points in a game. They're going to sit down, and they're going to say, what did this other team do? to shut down the Kings. What did this other team do to break down the Kings off or defense? And we're basically giving away secrets on how to stop the basketball team, this team when they play like this. So uh, I think that's definitely something to keep in mind, but uh, let's talk about Sabonis. Well, I don't think that this team is a bad defensive team because of Sabonis. I mean, is he one of the better defensive centers in the NBA? No. Uh, I mean, he's definitely not a top 10 guy. But he gets put in a lot of difficult positions you because of the guards. You said defense all about effort. And he gives 110% he does, he does give night. great effort. I think that he does a really good job at uh, hedging off the pick and roll. I think yep. he does a good job recovering. I think he does a good job of challenging shots inside. He's just not a shot blocker. He doesn't have a, a great vertical leap, Are so he's not going to challenge. Are you physically handicapped? No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm saying if you look, Rudy Gobert is a three-time defensive player of the year. He got absolutely killed yep. at his the end of his term in Utah saying, why is this guy winning Defensive Player of the Year? This team sucks. All you have to do is pull him out of the paint uh, and let guys go at him on, on, off, on the offense on the perimeter. Yep. They ignored the fact that he played with one of the worst perimeter defensive teams in the NBA. So, obviously, you can't, he can't be everywhere on the court at once. Yeah. Now, Sabonis is nowhere near the defender or rim protector that Rudy Gobert is. 
but he does an adequate job. And I think he gets put in terrible situations because the guys on the perimeter are not uh, able to stay in front of their man time in and time out. Yeah. I mean, let's look at uh, last year's NBA finals. Who are the two teams? Uh, I don't know who the, who was it? I'm blanking. Celtics? Celtics Warriors. and Warriors. And they were number one and number, number one. Number one and number two uh, uh, defensive teams in the NBA. It was number one offense and number one defense, right? I think they were number one and number two defensively also. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, teams are going to go at it. And the Kings, honestly, like at this point, they just need to score more than the other team. And that's only going to get you so far without a good defensive rating. So we're, we're making steps in the right direction. But Monty's got to make some moves here um, in the offseason to bring in, you know, some more defensive-minded players. Uh, and, you know, I, I think as this team continues to play more and more together, uh, they're going to get better collectively as a team on defense. Uh, but, you know, bringing in a few different players to make some tweaks, I think, is definitely going to help this team. But, guys, I, I don't want to get, you know, too negative. I'm ecstatic with where the Kings are at right now. They are definitely ahead of schedule. I, I said last year, uh, their last year's Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, hopefully they don't turn into this year's Memphis Grizzlies because uh, that's a whole other story, and we'll definitely talk about that. Maybe we'll we'll face them in the playoffs. That would be, that would be pretty hey, convenient. You never know. But, um... Okay, we talked about Murray, we talked about Barnes, we talked about Herder, we talked about Sabonis. Uh, give me a, a quick little spiel on De'Aaron Fox, and then let's go to Nick. I think everybody's already said it. He was tired. Um, the T-Wolves did a great job on him defensively. They played better defense on him in this game than really any team has that I've seen in yeah. probably the last month. I mean, he's been on a tear, obviously, but they did a good job of being physical with him early giving him multiple looks, a lot of length on him. They really made it difficult. When he's, you know, able to get to the rim and he just is missing layups, I mean, I realize that there's contact. Maybe you could say that there were fouls that he didn't get called. But he still knocks down those shots. I mean, he, he's shooting uh, over 85%, I think, in the restricted area this season. So when he's missing those shots, you know that teams are bothering him with being physical, the length. Um, and, it, you know, it's probably a combination of him being tired as well. So he was really good again in the fourth quarter, gave him a chance. You know, if, yeah. as we have come to expect, Clutch Fox was there again. He gave it one last, you know, uh, really, really solid effort. But overall, I think it's a combination of Minnesota doing a really good job on him right from the beginning and just the overall – Close games, all this, uh, you know, play catching up to him and, and a little tired, heavy legs. Back to back. He's yeah. a new father. Yeah. We don't know how much sleep he's actually getting, right? I've heard that's a thing. Not, not that I've ever been there, but I've, I've definitely heard that that's a thing. Uh, shout out to Bryce here for joining in. Bryce, it's all good, man. Uh, and shout out to Key Kings for joining in. Alfie Man is here. Ryan is here. Brooklyn is here. Uh, Alfie Man, I think green would look pretty, pretty good on you. Uh, Last thing before we go over to Nick, I saw somebody mention Terrence Davis. It was Alfie Man here in the chat. What do you think is going on with Terrence Davis? I mean, six minutes of action tonight, seven minutes the game before that, 10, 13, and 14 in the last uh, five games. Why is Terrence Davis not getting minutes? I mean, this was after he was playing exceptionally well, and you and I both agreed on the show, Terrence Davis needs more minutes for this basketball team. 
it's just been up and down for him all year long. I, I mean, this is exactly what it's been like for him the entire season. As, you know, one or two really, really good games, um, you expect to see him in the rotation more. He, he got in today, almost immediately had a steal and a breakaway yeah. layup. I thought that was going to ignite him because usually if he gets a, a play like that right in the beginning, some sort of you know steal or turnover on defense is able to get out in the open um, and has a fast break bucket, that usually ignites him. Uh, I think he as well struggled with the length and size of this team. You know, he's a smaller guard, uh, and if he's not able to hit shots from the outside to kind of counteract that, again, late in the game, Mike Brown is looking for a spark on this team, so he's going to go with a longer, lengthier defender. I mean, you've said this for multiple players on this team, bothered by the length and the size of the other team. I mean, we've played big teams. We we played yeah. the Lakers. We played the the Cavaliers. There there's multiple teams in the NBA that that are bigger. I get what you're saying. You know, what what kind of advice would you give to this Kings team? Like, how can you make up for that? How can you play better as a smaller guard when you're playing against length? Well, how can you play better? I mean, you have to be able to move the ball, which again, length makes that a problem. Um, I think you have to play inside out more. They went to Sabonis in the post a lot in the first half of this game, uh, and he was able to get, you know, Rudy Gobert into a bunch of fouls. Uh, I, I think that that's the way, if you're a smaller guard, if you're looking for a little more space, you have to get the ball into the paint, whether it's passing to a guy in there uh, as a big man mm-hmm. or a screen and roll, pick and roll situation where you're able to get dribble penetration penetration because that's what shrinks the defense in if you're just trying to run these ball screens and and double pin down screens off the top of the perimeter and there's no action to get into the middle of the paint the defense can just stay spread out and and extended on you the entire time so it's not it's not necessarily what one individual player a smaller player has to do it's about how the team operates as a whole against a defense like that. I mean, I, I really liked what they were doing early on in this game. I believe at halftime or maybe early in the third quarter, they got Rudy Gobert in foul trouble uh, by giving the ball inside to a guy like Sabonis. I, I feel like maybe that's a way to counteract the size of a team is, is try and go at them, try and get them in foul trouble so that they do have to play a little bit further away. Uh, they can't be quite as as aggressive because, you know, length in the NBA is is everything, right? Yeah. And that's, I think, what makes and, and a guy another, like SGA so good. And, and absolutely. a lot of these guys, right, absolutely. is they, they just have the size. And another problem that this team runs into is, you know, if you say, okay, well, we are going to feed somebody inside and try to, to f- post up uh, or force a defense to collapse, if you take Sabonis out of the game, they don't have that as an option, period. Uh-oh. Nick had pizza tonight. Well, he had pizza last night too, and they won. Should we bring him on? Yeah. All right. Let's let's hear from Nick. Nick, what is What's up, buddy? Up, How are you, I, man? Good. I had pizza tonight. Uh oh. What kind of pizza? I had uh, cheese pizza. Okay. Same as last night. <laughs> He's not going to answer any questions. Yeah, it was pizza tonight. I actually like. Uh, Were you at the I, game I, I tonight? What do I hear in the background? 
it was. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. So what I just wanted doing? to say, I'm getting out of the car. Oh, you're in a car right now? He's going to pick up no. some more pizza. What kind of what kind of car do you have, Nick? You have a Tesla? No, I'm in a, my friend's car. So, oh, getting out. So, okay. No, I just want to say, I think Nick's a little busy right now. Seems like no. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, he's We're, good. We we. I lost tonight. I know we lost tonight, but you know we gotta light the beam. Okay. <laughs> Hard to light the beam when you yeah. lose, man. Yeah, Nick. I I want to hear about your day, man. How was your practice today? It was good today. Good. What did you guys do in practice? Whoa. Oh. Did you just have some pizza? <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to say, you know, I know we lost tonight, but you know what? No beam tonight. No beam. You know, if the beam, Nick, if the beam was lit every night, it wouldn't be as special. Yeah. That's true. You know, so we can't light the beam every night. We got to enjoy it when it's lit. And then nights like tonight where the beam's not lit, we got to enjoy it being lit even more because we're going to light it on Monday against the Pelicans, right? Yes. Well, tell me about your practice today, Nick. Or are you busy? <laughs> uh, no, I'm fine. I'm getting. You're unlocking your door to your front to your house. <laughs> yeah, I'm inside now. Okay. Hey, take your time, man. It's not like we're all waiting waiting on you or anything. Okay. What do you think he's doing, Calvin? Uh, I don't know, man. It sounds like maybe he's looking for his keys. It sounded to me like, you know, at the beginning of Ace Ventura, where the apartment manager is like, you don't have any animals in there, do you? And he's jiggling no. the keys, you know, to like let all the animals know <laughs> to hide. He's like trying to get in his door. He's jiggling the keys. Is that what you're I'm doing, Nick? Are you hiding a bunch of animals? No, I'm not. I was just getting inside the door. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, tell me... Yeah. Uh, Give me a prediction for Monday's game against the Pelicans. Well, I do. I I do want to say killing that me, buddy. For, for Monday's game is I do want to say that um, we need to play better defense. Stay on your man. Okay. Stay on your man. All right. All right, Nick. Well, uh. I hope you got home safely, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Yeah, well, hey, I had that was my cheese pizza tonight. You had some cheese pizza? Yeah, I did. All righty. Sounds good, buddy. Yeah. We'll talk to you later. Sleep beams, Nick. What? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we appreciate you, Nick. We love you so much. But, guys, don't call unless you're ready to effing talk on the phone. Jesus Christ. He's just all out of whack because the Kings actually lost. Yeah, I think so. I think he's a little a little sad about yeah. the Kings' loss tonight. But, hey, 
I mean, I love having Nick on the show. We'll, we'll have him on any time. Uh, but, hey, what, what, were we, what were we talking about? I'm, <laughs> I lost my train of thought after that as okay. well. I do uh, want to address, Charlie was asking me in the chat oh, if I was surprised that the Kings didn't play any zone tonight. I actually did see the Kings play. It wasn't very much. I only saw a couple of possessions of it, but I did see them play zone. Uh, f- for a couple plays. Should they have played it more, um, especially, you know, without Rudy Gobert, I forget how you put it, but uh, that's debatable, right? I mean, the, the Kings zone defense hasn't exactly been a a lockdown <laughs> option Spotted, either. Man, so Jesus Christ, I, I'm not really sure. It, it worked in, in uh, short spurts against the Clippers just to give them sort of a different look. I think that's kind of what they went with tonight as well, but for a team that, that that was just picking them apart and hitting the corner three as well as Minnesota was, I'm not sure his own defense would have necessarily slowed that down much either. Okay, I want to talk about the bench, but before we do that, I mean, any other thoughts about defense? Like, you kind of hit me in a, in a soft spot there in the heart, dude. Like, Oh, did I? Calvin was, I mean, dude, I, I was, I've been used to hater Calvin for years. Then, dude, it was you surprised me. What was it? A couple streams ago, and you're like, "I'm all in on the Kings. They're killing it." And then tonight, you're like, "They're not going to win many playoff games like this." And I mean, oh, dude, I've had that state of mind the whole season. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, I mean, maybe it's because they lost today. Maybe I'm a little emotional. Uh, <laughs> and then you know, you just kind of go for the go for the jugular there with that with that move. Uh, I mean, dude. I want to talk about solutions. So you got 19 games left. How can this Kings team get better on defense? I mean, it it just takes effort. Like, aside from there's a difference between as a team knowing where to knowing how to position yourself in man to man and knowing how to position yourself in zone. So you can talk about schematics when it comes to that sort of a thing. But like I said before. The, the team is who they are at this point in the season. These players are not going to all of a sudden – Kevin Herter is not all of a sudden going to become a lockdown defender. Yep. Malik Monk's not going to become a lockdown defender in the final 19 games of the year. Um, I, I think that there's certain – I love when the Kings go to how they blitz a pick and roll and force the ball. I think a lot of teams love to kind of break down the Kings' defense – by getting Sabonis out away from the paint, running pick and roll, mm-hmm. getting a little penetration, and that then forces the guys to shrink in and help off the sides, which allows uh, or forces the Kings to give up outside shot, corner three, wide open after wide open corner three. I, I really like when the Kings go to that kind of trap right off the screen. However, that's a very difficult defense to play for 48 minutes. That's not something that you really run all of the time. Yeah. Uh, or, or consistently throughout the course of a game. So they've in, in moments, they've been good at helping, drawing charges. Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray have been good at that all season long. But uh, until, you know, and it, in the playoffs, like we've talked about before, you're going to hunt and seek out the matchups that you want, right? You're going to run screen and roll so that you get Kevin Herter guarding whoever it is on the perimeter, Devin Booker, Steph Curry, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, You know, fill in the blank with whoever it is. Um, It's just, 
it's going to take a total team effort. And rebounding is definitely one of the things that's going to help them the most, right? Because while they're not going to all of a sudden turn into a lockdown defensive team, yeah. it's those two or three extra yep. offensive rebounds that they give up, the that's loose balls. them tonight. Yes. That, yep. that's, the, that's the one area where they can absolutely make a big jump immediately when it comes to defense. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's allowing offensive rebounds and putbacks, which definitely kills this Kings team. Or second-chance shots where it's like the other team shoots a three, Kings don't get the rebound, the other team gets another three-point attempt, they get the rebound again, and they get another shot attempt. It's those multiple shot attempts where the defense is, like, struggling because they don't get the rebound, they're not in front of their man, then they're scrambling to get in front of their man. It opens up a guy either under the basket or another wide-open shot, and those things are just momentum killers. We saw it tonight. The Kings were on a good run. Uh, they had a couple offensive rebounds by the Timberwolves, cut that, and the Timberwolves go on like a 10-0 run, and it's like the Kings spent so much energy trying to come back from 17 down, and yep. it just happens again and again and again. So uh, I think rebounding is absolutely key. Uh, somebody wants to see my California tattoo. Um, uh Request in a super chat, and it might happen, and it might happen. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the bench. I saw somebody mention Kessler Edwards here uh, in the chat, Calvin. Everyone wants to talk about Kessler Edwards tonight. 14 minutes for him. I thought he played great defense on Anthony Edwards. He did. Um, what are you seeing out of Kessler Edwards? And I, I think this is the most we've actually seen him in a Kings jersey so far. It's a little early. Um but, you know, what kind of player is Kessler Edwards? What, what can he be? Well, he, he can be a, a 3 and D guy, a, a productive defensive wing in, in this league. I mean, he doesn't have the same body type, but somebody kind of like a Jay Crowder, right? A, a guy that's used to guard multiple different positions, primary uh, defender, you know, on whoever the, the main guy is on that night and is also somebody that can stretch the floor. I, I think he has the ability to put it. <laughs> Jesus, you're cracking me up. <laughs> I think he has the ability to put it on the floor a little bit as well. Um, but I'll tell you what I was impressed with about him the most. I mean, yes, the, the on-ball defense on Anthony Edwards was really great. But for a guy that really hasn't played much at all this season, hasn't played very much at all with this Kings team, to yep. get thrown into that situation he and, and for a young guy too, he didn't bat an eye. He was ready for the moment. Even hit that big three when he, when the ball swings to him, wide open shot. That's something that you've got to take, right? Was ready for it. Stepped up, knock it, knocks it down. That's the sign of you know a guy that is um, he's ready for for the moment. So yeah, that's what I liked the most out of him. We know the reason they went and got him was because he is a good perimeter defender, or that's what he's known for, right? Yep. So even though you like to see that, I, I'm not as impressed with that as the fact that he's hasn't played that much this year and was ready when his name was called on in the fourth quarter of a close game. I like guys like that that have played with superstars and they know their role. Like Kessler Edwards, whatever he, he becomes for this Kings team, like – the dude is going to know his role, which I think is really, really important, especially for role players that are playing limited minutes of action. Um, I don't think he's going to be a guy you have to worry about in the locker room. He's not a guy you got to worry about, you know, messing up chemistry or anything like that. He's just straight up like, you're not the best player on this team. You're not the one of the best five players on this team. 
but there's going to be situations where we need you and we're going to throw you out there and we need you to do your best. And I think that that's exactly what he's going to do. Uh, is there an NBA player that you want to compare him to? Does, does he remind you of anybody? Yeah, I know it's so limited in action. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of players in the NBA today that are solid 3 and D guys. Like I said, I think he has you know the ability to put the ball on the floor and create a little bit as well. But um, having the NBA experience, like you mentioned, that he has up to this point playing with guys like Kevin Durant, all that stuff, um, I think that he fits the mold of a of a three and D player that's going to be a good role player and help teams win. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm excited for what he can bring to this Kings team. That is, that's for sure. That is for is sure. It, isn't Jalen McDaniel's on Charlotte, Key Kings, or or am I thinking of somebody else? Who? Jalen McDaniel's Jaden's twin. Yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. plays for Charlotte, right? Let's ask the almighty Google. Oh, he got traded. I didn't even know that. There you go. He's in Philly now. Jalen McDaniels. He is currently with, it says Charlotte Hornets. Let me double check here. Google doesn't know everything, Calvin. Yeah, Philadelphia. He's played eight games. Hasn't started a game yet. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, what did he say? Jesus says, what the hell is this badge for? Hey, it evolves, Jesus. Keep your eye on that basketball. Keep your eyes on the ball. It changes uh, for how long you remember, and maybe you unlock even more perks. Uh, but me stripping on on a, a live stream, I don't know if a dollar ninety nine well, like, is worth it. Like Dennis point. said, you got to subscribe to the Royal Rebounds OnlyFans account yes. for that. Yes, coming soon. Definitely, definitely coming soon. I miss Barry's sweater. Dude, it was getting hot in here, man. It, it was it was getting really, really hot. Uh, but, hey, it's an awesome sweater if you want to pick one up on RoyalRebounds.com. Uh, I want to talk about Trey Lyles, 19 minutes of action. Dude, this stream, Calvin, we've just been talking for a long time. I noticed the last stream, like, I just look up and we've been going for, like, two hours. I'm like, what the hell? I still want to talk about the Grizzlies and, and a bunch of other things. we got to talk about the next game, about the Pelicans. So let's kind of try and run through the rest of this bench. Uh, I don't want to diss anybody here and not give them the credit they deserve. Uh, but let's talk about Trey Lyles because three or four from the field, 15 points tonight, eight rebounds. Trey Lyles has been absolutely huge for the Kings. Uh, early on in the season, I think I circled him, and I was like, this guy is the perfect backup for Sabonis. He's the guy that should be out there when Sabonis isn't there. It allows the Kings to play a very similar playing style, and, and I love what he brings defensively. And then he's started to make the three a lot more, too. Um, so, you know, what are you seeing out of Trey Lyles? What do you think he did tonight? And, uh, you know, how are you feeling about him overall? Overall, I still feel good about him. Uh, I mean, I think that he's definitely one of the, the most important bench players. I've said this multiple times. He's a guy that fits in seamlessly with the second unit and the starting unit. Um, and you've seen that multiple times from the fact that he closes games uh, for this team, for Mike Brown. So I, I really liked the fact that he was able to stretch the defense tonight, made a, a few threes. Uh, offensively, he's been in a, a pretty good rhythm lately. The rebounds are big too. Battling inside eight eight rebounds is big yep. against a team you know with as much size like Minnesota, who didn't even have a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, and they're still out there playing you know very Man. very big 
long lineups. How many lives has that cat got? Right? I, I mean, I don't even know what the update is on him. I think they said they hope he's going to be back with like 15 games left maybe or something. Oh, um, do some research but real quick. I do think that Trey Lyles wasn't the only guy that got hurt, obviously, on the perimeter tonight. Kyle Anderson absolutely destroyed Sacramento with his ability to get to the basket and ones, layups, pump fakes, uh, and he was doing it to everybody. So, And that's a guy that, you know, in theory, the Kings should be able to stay with, right, because he, he's not known for his speed. But he was still yeah. able to break down the defense. He's a very handicapped. very crafty player. Yeah, physically handicapped. Oh, Lane's back. You want to tell him that it's his fault now? Yeah, Lane is bad luck for the Kings, I think. Uh, Lane, how many games have you gone to? Two? Two games this year? Did they lose both of those games? I'm I'm curious. I am curious. Um, I'm trying to find an update here on Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, it says... Six or seven games this year. Man, you're a super fan. How many have they won? That's oh, yeah. true. One of them was with and us. They and lost. they lost that game. And they lost. <laughs> Lane might be the bad luck charm, huh? Um, it says here that they're looking for a second opinion and potentially a second doctor. Wow. No, that's not good. That's not good at all. Not good at all. They said that he got injured in late November... They thought he had a chance to be back by late January. Then they thought, well, February. I mean, it's March. He still hasn't practiced with the team. Wow, that's crazy. At this point, they're looking at mid-March. So two weeks from now, huh? Yeah. Wow. That's... I think they're going to push that one back, too. All right, anything else you want to talk about the bench? Because I want to talk about these uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Hey, uh, let's, uh, yeah, get the guns out. <laughs> oh, man. Too soon, Calvin. <laughs> Too soon. Okay, let's talk about Memphis. So, I mean, a lot of things going on in Memphis over the past couple weeks. Um, but, hey, us Kings fans, we've been looking up at the Memphis Grizzlies saying, hey, if we can just win a couple games, if Memphis can lose a couple games here, we got a pretty good shot at the number two seed. Uh, and, no, I'm not talking about Marvin Bagley. I'm talking about the number two seed in the Western Conference. Uh, some bad news that came out today for the Memphis Grizzlies. And, no, I'm not even talking about Ja Morant. Uh, Brandon Clark officially out for the year. Uh, Achilles injury. Yep. That's big. That is big because, you know, those injuries can last for a long time. He could even be in jeopardy for next season. Uh, so, bummer for him. Uh, Dylan Brooks picks up another uh, technical foul. Uh, he is suspended for the next game. Uh, that's huge. And then, of course, let's talk about this job Morant situation. Uh, as Dennis says, this is good news for the Sacramento Kings, but we don't like to root uh, injuries or bad things or anything like that happening to other players. Uh, we just want to win games ourselves and play basketball well ourselves and, and get into the playoffs for that reason. Um, but let's talk about this job Morant situation, which is actually interesting, Calvin, because – we were going to talk about it last night, and then we just got rambling like we normally do, talked about a bunch of different things, and then all of a sudden, like, two hours had gone by, and we're like, okay, let's end the show. Without giving the update of today, do you want to remind everyone what we were going to talk about last night? What were the the issues? Well, he, he's been under 
fire, no pun intended, all season long. You're killing it, Calvin. Because of multiple incidents, back in September, he allegedly gets into it with this kid at some basketball camp, a teenager. Uh, At his house. The family, oh, I thought it was at a camp. At John Moran's house. house. But was it a, a basketball camp at his house? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Anyway, the kid's family is suing him now because he allegedly punched the kid multiple times yep. and threatened him with a gun. Went in his house, Went came out with house. a gun. Yes, yes. Um, so that is an ongoing thing. Um, and the, the details of that uh, lawsuit are closed right now, I think, because it's a civil suit or something like that. NBA I, did an investigation. I don't want to say anything that is They wrong didn't find here, any so. proof. I'm yeah. sure John yeah, yeah. Moran has security cameras at his house. but uh, On top of that, the NBA. Probably did the Aaron Hernandez and didn't give him up. Oh, man, maybe. That's, whoa, that's a little yeah, too much I didn't right want to go there. Too heavy. Um, but on top of that, the NBA also is investigating an incident that took place in Indianapolis where Ja and his posse allegedly. Posse? Got in it. Yeah, that was the word that they used. Uh, who used the people reporting the story. Okay. Interesting. How many Their is, words, how many is in a posse? I don't know. Okay. More than three? Because that's a threesome. What's the difference between a posse and a group? Three is a crowd. Four is a posse. <laughs> okay. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Anyway, bunch of guys with jaw in an SUV roll up to the, or no, this was in Memphis, right? This was after they were, there was an altercation on the court. They, sh- they showed up yeah. at Indiana's bus, bus team yeah. bus outside. Yep, rolled past them in an SUV. Yep, players on the bus say that they saw a laser pointed at them from yep. the car. One of the security guards. All right, I don't think I should tell the story because clearly I don't know any of the facts. Okay, I, I mean I don't know the facts either, but <laughs> uh, all all that matters is. If any of these stories are true, even just one of them, yep. John Morant is an idiot, and he's going to play. He's going to literally blow ever his whole life. He's going to be out of the NBA. Yeah. So, both of these incidents were investigated by the NBA. Uh, both of them, John Morant and his representatives, said that they didn't happen. There was no proof. All that stuff. And I, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. I mean, um, it is. Interesting when you start to hear things kind of pile up and you're like, okay, I gave you the benefit doubt on this situation, but then this is like a totally unrelated situation and it sounds like a very similar situation reported by somebody differently. Well, last night or early this morning, depending on where you're at, uh, John Morant took a Instagram live um, while he was in a nightclub and singing a song and flashed a gun. Um I mean, I I don't know if that's legal or illegal or not. He definitely seemed intoxicated in the video. Uh, lost to the Denver Nuggets last night. But yet again, there is another gun involved in this situation. And this time, uh, there's proof that there's a gun. And John Morant was the one that gave the proof. Which is very, very interesting. If I was John Morant's lawyer... If I was his agent, if I was any of those people, uh, I would have the biggest headache in the world right now. And I would be like, really? We have three ongoing investigations and then this happens? 
This is just after a summer where he signs a $200 plus million deal. This is just after he signed a huge shoe deal with Nike. Uh, I mean, Calvin, he's officially been suspended uh, or will be away from the team for the next two games at a minimum. Uh, but this is a big situation, man. I mean, give me your thoughts on this whole thing. It's really sad, I, honestly. I, I mean, maybe he gets cleared of all this stuff and, you know, he, life goes on for him relatively normally. But I've been a huge fan of his since he was in college. Yeah. I, I was really big on him coming out of the draft. A, a lot of people weren't maybe decided on whether or not he was going to be a, a superstar or worth, you know, a top five pick at that point. I was all in on him. I, I've been really a huge fan of his game for a long, long time. I love watching him play. Amazing player. It's really sad. It, if he throws away what could be a, a phenomenal career because he wants this sort of, he wants to have this public perception of himself. Yeah. That this is a, an attitude that he wants to carry on. And it, it's so consistent with everything that the Grizzlies are doing on the floor, right? Like all, all these plays by Dylan Brooks, the, the terrible foul on Donovan Mitchell, the unnecessary roughness. They want people to perceive them this way. Why does everybody hate us? Yeah. It's just really unfortunate. I think that he is a young guy who's immature. He's probably hanging out with the wrong group of people. I think you can point a lot of blame at his father. Oh, you're I don't, pointing things now. I, I am pointing blame at his father. Okay. Look, that guy is at as courtside at every game. Um, he also seems to have that type of wants that type of perception of himself. He's always walking around with his hood on and sunglasses on. Okay. I, I'm not I was just wearing a hood. Blaming. Yeah, but you weren't wearing sunglasses indoors. Okay. Is that illegal? It's not illegal, but that's not the point here. Okay. You can, just like you said, I don't know if it's illegal for him to have the gun in the, in the club or not. He oh, probably has a concealed weapons license. I'd, but I honestly don't give a shit about the gun in the club. Like, that is whatever. But, but that's for not me, the point. But that, for me, is like, if that you've got, shows that the other situations probably if happen. If you've got two pending investigations exactly. re, uh, resulting in the possibility of you having a gun and pointing it at someone. Yep. You can't be walking around in the club with a gun and putting it on your Instagram live. Yep. It's just the wrong perception for everybody. Yep. That's exactly what does it for me too, because if it was just and, and an isolated what, incident, that's why I'm saying you can point blame at his father because okay. that people who are close to him, people who are his friends, if they were really his friends or really people that loved and cared about him, they would be telling him that he's got to stop this shit. Oh, they're gone when the money's gone. Exactly. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. He's probably hanging out with the wrong people, and they're influencing him. Money is influencing him. All of the stuff, fame may be influencing him a little bit. It's just very, the whole situation is very unfortunate. Yeah. Get, get some security, man. If, if you're afraid... If if you need protection, get security, man. You just signed a two hundred million dollar deal. Like, do something else. Do something else. And like I said, yeah, maybe the gun in the club is is illegal or or whatever it is. I'm not really sure. But for me, if that was just one isolated incident, I'm like, you're an idiot. Why would you do that? 
uh, and you move on. But the fact that all these other issues kind of point to the same thing makes me think that those other issues really happened. And that is a problem. Yeah, because it's, it's very it's, troublesome. And, and I saw, I've looked all over social media and I saw people on both sides, right? He didn't hurt anybody. Nobody's been shot, blah, 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 whatever. Well, I mean, according to that kid, he did get hurt. He got punched in the face. Not that he got shot or anything like that, but it's like starting to see this like pattern. And this is like, dude, this is all in less than a year. Yeah. This is like six months. All these incidents have happened over and over and over again. And this is a guy that has Everything in the world to lose. Everything in the world to lose. And the fact that he had two or three pending investigations currently ongoing, and he's acting like this while he's under investigation, is even crazier to me. And, I mean, we saw the statement released today. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's from him. I don't know if that's from his representatives. That was the thing that he's supposed to say. Honestly, I, I don't know if... I don't know him, so I don't, I don't know if he has any remorse. I don't know if he's... Because, you know, there's people that are sorry, uh, and, then the, and then there's people that are sorry because they got caught, right? Yeah. And I don't know if, if he's... I don't know if it's clicked in his head that it's like, that is not okay, or if he's just kind of like, oh, I shouldn't have shown them that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's hard to tell. And it's a really, really tough situation because, like you said, John Moran is a fantastic basketball player. He's an amazing player. But at the same time, Calvin, we forget a lot of times that we're enamored with these people for one small aspect of their life, and that's the fact that they're good at a game. It doesn't make them good people. It doesn't make them bad people either, but I'm just saying they're good at one thing. Just because we know his name and he's good at one thing doesn't make him a good person doesn't make him treat other people well. It doesn't mean uh, that that he is not going to hurt people or, or anything like that. Like, we really, really don't know him at all as a person. And that's the toughest part. The people that do know him are the ones that need to be stepping in right now and telling him what is, what is at risk, what's on the line. I mean, the deal that he got from Nike was just Kyrie Irving's deal. Yeah. And that got dropped because of a tweet that Kyrie made and that tweet a movie didn't even involve a gun. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're Nike, what are you doing right now? That's a hard question to answer. I'm looking at Anthony uh, Edwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm saying this guy's said all the right things. He's an incredible player. Uh, I, I might move on from jaw. I think that that's a very plausible explanation. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, look at the two guys. They're not both with Nike. One of them is. But the two guys that have been the face of the NBA for the last 20 years. Yeah. No issues. LeBron James and Steph Curry. No issues. No issues whatsoever. Yeah. Is Steph Curry with Nike? No, he's with, I said he's, oh, he's, he's not. Under he's Armour, with right? Under Armour. But yeah, yeah. I mean, Kobe too, right? Kobe, well, had, Kobe one, had some issues. One issue. No guns, no violence, no, yeah, nothing well, like that. Rape can be considered violence. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I don't want to comment on that. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a, a road slope. that we don't want to go down. Definitely but. a slippery slope. Um, but, I mean, th this this whole story is just incredible, and it, and it seems to be getting worse and worse by the day. Um, what does this mean for the Grizzlies? 
Man, that that's the even bigger question, right? I mean, first of all, you don't. It's not uh, known exactly how many games John Moran is going to miss. They said yeah. it'll be at least two. Yeah, maybe it's more than that. Yeah, and they already lost Brandon Clark. Yeah. Without Jaw, I mean, they still have a really good team. They haven't had Steven Adams for a long time either. Uh, they're in a little bit of a dangerous situation. Luckily, they've got a bunch of cushion, right, because they've been at the, in the two seed for a while. So I, I couldn't see them completely missing the playoffs or falling into the play-in tournament. That would be just an absolute hey. ridiculous draw. Ninja says maybe Nike goes with Fox. Maybe. Dude, I think there's a lot of options I would out buy there, right? So many fucking shoes. <laughs> if De'Aaron Fox got a Nike deal, it would be insane. It would be insane. I would buy so many shoes. Yeah, so many shoes. Um, I mean, the statement that came out by him, it, it followed up with, uh, "I'm stepping away to figure out better ways to deal with stress." Right? Yes. Which. I mean, dude, if you can figure that out in two games, you're a much <laughs> yeah. better person than me. Right? You're a much better person than me. And they said two games is a, at a minimum. And and here's the thing, Calvin, is we've seen, uh, and I don't want to compare the Draymond Green incident to this because it's it's a completely different incident, but I'm just saying from the team's perspective, the team chose not to suspend Draymond, right? Because suspending Draymond hurts the basketball team. And I argued that not suspending him hurt it, hurt the basketball team. And, and we see where the Warriors are at now. But if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, this is your star player. Like you said, they could potentially go on, on a pretty decent losing streak here. And, I mean, I'm looking at the standings. They got 38 wins. Uh, the Lakers got 30 wins. And they're in the 11th spot. So eight wins, they're out. You know what I mean? And so yeah. if you're the Grizzlies, do you... I mean, do you really look at this and say, our star player needs help? We don't want to rush him back. This season is not as important as having this guy available for the rest of his career because he's our star player and he's not in the right mindset. I mean, we've seen him get in altercations with people sitting courtside famous people yeah we've seen him get in altercations with other players then we've heard about the the incident in the suv then with a a a 17 year old kid at his house like this does not seem to be like a guy that's dealing with things in the right way absolutely and i think that if you're looking at this from the team perspective for the long term then that probably is the right decision to just basically shut it down and say this has got to get corrected it's he's too much of an investment for us he's too he's still very very young we have you know so many opportunities here in the long run to be good and compete for a championship uh let's not throw the entire thing away for that how many times do we see in professional sports people make that decision though yeah not very many. It's true. I mean, if I were to look at incidents, that and, and it's really hard because there's not a lot that are that are similar to this. But I mean, I would look at the Wizards. The Wizards is basically the only team you could look at 
And there's a couple incidents there. There's the John Wall flashing the gang signs, right? There was that yep. thing that came out. I, I don't think there was even a gun involved in that, right? It was just not that a I picture. know of. It was just a picture of him flashing yeah. gang signs. Yeah. I mean, yes, he was not a 23-year-old version of himself. He was uh, injury-riddled and, and towards the end of his career, grossly overpaid. They dropped him right after that, right? Then you have the Gilbert Arenas and Javaris Critton situation where there was an actual gun involved and the gun In was the locker room. on property, yeah. right? Yeah. But if it's true with him pointing a gun at or one of his group members pointing a gun at a security guard at the Pacers arena. That's pretty similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. And we all saw what happened to Javaris. I mean, is he dead or, or he's in prison right now? Didn't he kill somebody? I don't know. I'm pretty sure he I'm killed sure. somebody after the whole blow up. Like he got cut. Then I, I'm pretty sure he killed somebody and he's in jail or something like that. But it did not end well for him. Uh, you know, Gilbert Arenas, I think, did okay in that situation. He, but at the same time, he was similar to John Wall, right? He was in the end of his career. He was grossly overpaid, dealt with a ton of injuries. This guy is 23 years old. He's the franchise player. He just signed this huge deal. Uh, and, and he's incredible on the basketball court, and he's been incredibly healthy. Even when he does suffer an injury, he, he comes back incredibly fast. So, I mean, what do you do if you're the Grizzlies? Man, I, that's a that's, tough question. That's a man. very, very tough question. Yeah, I, I like I said before, I think that if you're, it, they obviously know what his mental state is better than I do. Being able to talk to him every day, um, and if he's even the slightest bit honest with them about not necessarily, it doesn't even have to be that he admits to pulling a gun, you know, in any of these situations, just admitting the fact, like he said in his statement, yeah. that he needs to find different ways to deal with stress. If you're going to be one of the faces of the NBA for the next 10 years, you're going to deal with a lot of stress. So if I'm the Grizzlies and I've committed over $200 million to this person yep. or this asset, if you want to look at it like that, that's a major investment. So I'm probably going to make the decision to, you know, preserve um, the, the best possible outcome for the long run instead of just the next two months. Yeah. But like I also said before that, how many times in professional sports do you see that happen? where a guy is not, hasn't been convicted of anything yet, but the team is going to say, who has a chance to compete yeah. for a title, the team is going to say, you know what, we're shutting you down because we don't feel that you're mentally stable or whatever the, the case is at this point. I, I don't believe that that happens right now. I really don't. And does shutting him down, does that even help him? Or does that give him more time to hang out with, with maybe these people that are acting like this? It I don't could. Know. Yeah. It could. It's really, really a tough situation. I, I feel for the Grizzlies. I feel for the Grizzlies fans. And I actually feel for John Moran because I think that, uh, you know, I don't think he is an idiot, but I think he's done some really stupid things. Um, and I think that there's always a cause and a reason for things. And, and I don't know what the reason is for him, um, but – you know, there's there's a hole inside or, or there's some issue that's going on that, that's creating him t 
to act like this. So really, really a tough situation. Uh, and hopefully they figure it out. You know, this is definitely going to be a story that we need to be uh, monitoring. Uh, I mean, any other words on that situation? I mean, obviously, uh, this doesn't feel good to say, but this is good for the Kings that, that the Grizzlies lost Brandon Clark that Dylan Brooks is going to be suspended now for every additional technical foul yep. and whatever else is going on with John Morant. Um, it is a positive for the Kings in terms of placement in the Western Conference, but you don't like to see it happen like this. No, definitely not. Not at I all. I mean, th- this is a team that after last year's playoff run, I think most people expected them to be – Yeah. Not just around, but be one of the top contending teams for a long time, assuming that they were able to keep that core together. Everything seemed to be, you know, on the the right trending upward sort of a thing. And to think that it could come crashing down like in the blink of an eye, not because of stuff happening on the court, is is pretty incredible. And what do you think of your teammates? I mean, you got to think that if you're his teammate, you probably know him a little bit better than maybe the general manager or, or maybe some of these other people. Uh, so maybe you've seen something like this coming or maybe you haven't. I, I don't know. I, I like to think of Steven Adams as a pretty level-headed guy yeah. um, that probably wouldn't tolerate stuff like that. But then again, I, I don't know any of these guys, right? I'm just a fan that, that enjoys watching them play basketball. Uh, all right, uh, let's move on here. Uh, next game is against the New Orleans Pelicans. This is a home game on Friday. And, Calvin, our next two games are on national television. I mean, if you consider NBA TV. So NBA TV on Monday and TNT against the Knicks on Thursday. Calvin, give me your first thoughts to this game against the Pelicans. Uh, Obviously, the last last showing against New Orleans was absolutely brutal for the Kings. No, jo- or no, sorry, I almost said John <laughs> Moran again. Uh, no Zion Williamson. Um, no, no Brandon, Brandon Ingram, Ingram. No Valanchunas. Yeah. And the Kings got worked no in that No problem game. for the Kings New got Orleans. worked in the game. No yeah. Deer and Fox either for that game. Yeah. Um, so give me your first thoughts on this matchup on Monday. Well, I think it's going to be a very different game, obviously. I, I mean, you've got not all of those guys back, but a handful of those guys are going to be playing in this game. Um, and that game was towards the end of a – was that the seven-game road trip, the the longest one they had this year? Uh, I don't know if it was at the end I, or I'm the not, middle. I let can't me, remember exactly, but uh, they had been on the road for a few games. I think they were a little tired at that point, um, and that was before the All-Star break as well. We all kind of said it looked like the Kings needed that – Game five. That break. Game five of the seven-game yep. road trip, yeah. So – and after they just lost to uh, Buddy Heald in the Pacers. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, in a close game, a, another game that they probably should have won. Yep. So I, I think that this game will definitely have a much different feel to it. It's also in Sacramento, which definitely helps if you're the Kings. Yeah, yeah, definitely something uh, the Kings need to be prepared for. I think Zion is still out, right? We don't know when he's going yes. to play next. Uh, so and I'm not sure about Valanciunas either. Wow. ESPN has the Kings as uh, 72% favorites for this game. 
Wow, Pelicans have uh, Jose, GTA, my guys, listed as out. Josh Richardson is out. Zion is out. Larry Nance Jr. is out. Valanchunas is listed as day-to-day. Rashawn Holmes is listed as out. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Rashawn, but he, he is listed out as well. Uh, Calvin, give me your keys to the game. Key number one is play with passion. The last time these two teams played, New Orleans beat them down by 32 points. Uh, with all of those guys out, as you mentioned, it was definitely uh, a demoralizing loss if you're the Sacramento Kings. So you're at home. Uh, you've got the crowd behind you this time. Come out right from the beginning. Shout out to Tanvir in the chat. Yeah, uh, Come out right from the beginning and, and let's get this thing going. and uh, Let's actually play you know, to win the game and, and play with passion. Number two, home court advantage. The Pelicans are an above 500 team, much better than 500 at home, but they're uh, not so good on the road. I, I don't have the updated road record, but as of a few days ago, they were 11 games under 500 on the road. So home court advantage is definitely a, a something that the Kings can ride on in this game. And number three is ball movement. Uh, the Pelicans are first in the NBA at defending the three, allowing teams to 34% from three-point range. So I think the Kings need to definitely uh, keep the ball moving, whether it's going inside out or spreading it around the outside, ball fakes, things like that, uh, to create some more open looks here for guys. Again, you're going to get another group of long athletic defenders, right? Herb Jones, uh, Najee Marshall, yeah, all these guys can come at you in waves. Even uh, Brandon Ingram is a, a good long defender who can challenge shots. So Trey Murphy, uh, the list goes on. So being able to move the ball so they can create some open looks, knock down some threes. Yeah, yeah, all all good uh, good points here. The Kings just need to capitalize. As Nick would say, they need to play defense in this game. Uh, you know, yes – we're all high off the five-game winning streak. It all came uh, crashing down tonight in the loss. Can't get too low. You got to bounce back and get ready for a game on Monday. The Kings did look tired tonight. Deer and Fox looked tired tonight. You do have tomorrow off, uh, and you are at home. So uh, I think you just, you know, you forget about this game. You move on to the Pelicans. This could be a team you're playing in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, you got to take this game seriously. Uh, and, and I love all your keys to the game. Uh, also wanted to mention here, uh, if the Kings do win this game, they're tied for Memphis, tied with Memphis in the win category. Uh, Memphis does play the Clippers tomorrow and the Lakers on TNT on Tuesday. So that Knicks. Play the Knicks on TNT. The Grizzlies. On, oh, the, I'm sorry. Yeah. The Grizzlies play the Clippers on Sunday. Yes. And then they play the Lakers on Tuesday on TNT. So if the Kings are able to pick up that win on Monday in the clip or sorry, in the Clippers win tomorrow, Tuesday could be a pretty interesting game for the Kings it to absolutely watch. Absolutely could. And Kings fans, as weird as, uh, as it sounds, could be rooting for the Lakers on Tuesday, which would be really, really strange. Really, really strange. <laughs> Definitely. But, hey, uh, shout-out to everybody here in the chat. Shout-out to everybody on uh, Twitter Spaces. We appreciate you all for joining tonight on the show. And all of our brand-new members to the Royal Family. Lane, your name would look great in green. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up for tonight, Calvin, unless you got anything else uh, to say for, to the Royal Family out there. Uh, yeah, Barry and I have known each other for 25 years now. 
I oh, think. No. So we met when we were 10 years old. We were roommates together in college. Uh, he moved to Hawaii way before I did. Then mm. I followed him out here. Um, that's the story. Davis, California, not Grass Valley, but very close. Yeah, uh, I actually... And I have never dated a dental assistant either. Calvin um, Calvin just wanted to come visit me one time, and uh, I was like, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to get him real good. So uh, I scheduled this party. Uh, it was a beer pong competition, um, and uh, convinced him to move here. He was sold. As soon as he came here, we did. We had like this awesome party. Hard, we went to the hard beach. not to be sold. We had a bunch of days <laughs> of like jumping off cliffs and, and swimming in the water and just like a beautiful time. And he's like, I'm moving to Hawaii and I need a year to do it. <laughs> I was living in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the time too. So I was getting away from, even though it was March, I was getting away from like 30 degrees and snow. Uh, and I came out here and, and I will never forget. I flew in. It was my flight landed after the sun had already gone down. Um, if you've never been to Hawaii before, there's not a whole lot of light pollution or, or stuff that happens after uh, the sun sets here, so you can't really see anything on the drive-in. I woke up at 7 in the morning the next morning, walked outside uh, of the house that Barry was living in at the time, has this nice pool, huge deck, overlooks uh, the Kanapali area, all the resorts and the, and the beach, um, and I, I thought I was in a movie. Uh, like, I had never seen anything like that before. It didn't seem real to me. Uh, so yeah, it was very easy to be sold on moving to Hawaii as you could probably guess. And no, we're not dating. No. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you all for joining in tonight. Please don't forget to smash up that like button, hit that subscribe button. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful weekend and we will see you all on Monday. The Red Mamba is back. Jesus is jealous.